we were in negotiations. Investing in real estate. They're winning, they're making money. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Educators Podcast, where we provide the education you can build on. I am your host, Kevin Amolsch. This podcast is so awesome and different than what I've seen before because we don't only focus on real estate investors and helping you, we also focus on the content creation behind that. So we want to help real estate investors and real estate influencers make more money. Um, if you like what you hear, or even if you don't, please leave me a review, five stars, and share this with a friend. Um, and I just happen to have a really good friend with me today, known Joe for, oh my gosh, Joe, it's been at least 12 years, maybe 13. You might be on um, lucky when, number 13, I think, yeah. 13 years when you're running around with Chris, and maybe we get into a little bit of that, because that's <laughs> kind of a fun story about the phone book and all that, but mm -hmm. um I asked you to send me a two-sentence bio so I could have a really easy intro for you. And I'm going to show this to the camera. This was what you sent me. Can you see that? There's no periods in it. That's, that's two sentences. I just have really bad grammar. <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. So top 1% in the, in the country, been all these awards, and it just goes on and on about how amazing you are as a lender. And I know your focus has been a lot on real estate investors. Now you do both, but yep. um, fantastic resource for real estate investors. You're our go-to lender in Colorado. We love being part of your network. We love having you in, in our network. Um, so I'm not going to read this intro, man. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. So my name is Joe Massey. I'm with Tassel & Cook Mortgage. Um, I have been in the mortgage business for 21 years now. Got my first job in mortgage in 2002 and uh, been a loan officer for almost all of that time and just enjoy helping people. Um, you know, a lot of clients struggle with understanding real estate investing or maybe they're have a loan officer that's never done a real estate investment loan, or maybe a client is self-employed, they're working with somebody that doesn't understand self-employment income, ever really broad background of things like that. Um, for a period of time in my mortgage career, I was doing financial analysis on tax returns and self-employed borrowers. So that puts me in a unique spot, I think, that I can help not just your regular W-2 wage earner, but also you own three or four or five businesses or you drive for Uber or Lyft, we can help you with that. We understand those businesses and tax returns, et cetera. Um, so really just try to be a wealth of knowledge and a resource for people on how we can help you. We do regular loans. We do difficult loans. We do, you know, paying off hard money loans. We do investment properties, second homes, um, and try to provide really great service to everybody that we talk to. Yeah, I've honestly lost track of how many loans you've done for me and um, for me personally and for really close friends and family. So <laughs> you're always the one that I refer, but let's, uh, let's, you. let's go back. So 2007, you started lending money. Mm -hmm. um, I know you, you went to college at the school of mines here in Colorado. So yep. maybe we go back that far. Tell me, tell me, how did you even get into real estate or lending in general to begin with? Yeah, so I went to Colorado School of Mines, played football there, and I majored in economics, and it was a brand new degree at the time. I was only in the second graduating class. There was only six of us that graduated with an economics degree. And the career center, unfortunately, wasn't a lot of help. You know, they were focused on engineering, mining, and I went and said, hey, I've got this econ degree. Can you help me? And they said, oh, yeah, we, we don't know what to do. Um, and so I had worked at a couple of internships um, at a couple of different mortgage companies. 
in not fancy. I mean, I've made copies, right? And you'll remember the days, Kevin, you're old enough like me. Remember, you used to get printouts on the green and white reams of paper, and the printout would come from somewhere in the morning, and my job was to scan it in and then separate the pages and send the pages to the appropriate person that needed them in every department. So not super fancy internships. Um, but I, I graduated and I was sitting around at my parents' house whining and complaining that I didn't have a job. And my mom was kind of tired of listening to it. And she said, you need to call everybody that you worked at, at those two or three mortgage companies that you did internships at. And I said, mom, they're not going to remember me and whined and complained like, you know, young people can do, or like I can sometimes still be prone to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I called about 15 people and what do you know? And this was in 2002, it was right after 9-11. So the economy was very shaky. The job market was super difficult. Um, made about 15 phone calls. And sure enough, somebody was like, yeah, absolutely. We're looking, it was a company, Aurora Loan Services. I said, yeah, we're yeah. looking for somebody in this, this division right here with this background, your degree fits. And like a week later, I had a job. Um, so go mom, she's almost always right. Listen to your mother um she uh you know told me to call my database i did and i got a job in mortgage and i've been in mortgage since february of 2002 so als was the first job yep they're still around they are yep they're nation star now but yeah they're they were owned by lehman brothers rode that whole wave up and down but yep they still uh still have a service center down in lone tree actually Oh, that's crazy. So it was back. I thought you said it was 2007. So you're telling me this is like right after the dot com. So yeah. you're what, 2002-ish then? Yeah, yeah. I think I misspoke. Yeah, uh, 2000. And, so I graduated December of 01, started a mortgage February of 02. And, you know, 9-11 was September of 01. And so things mm -hmm. were in a shambles at that time. Um, and, and so I felt really lucky to just get a job. A lot of people ask me that. How'd you get into mortgage? I'm like, I just needed a paycheck. Um, but you know, got, got one, got my first paycheck and then started figuring out how to do loans. And it's been, been a really good ride. Yeah. This is a fantastic business. And, and we talk about this a lot on the show. There's so many different ways to make money in real estate. Um, mm -hmm. and it's not always investing. I know you are an investor also, mm -hmm. but this is just one path that you could generate income in real estate. And it's, it's just helping people with their, their lending. That's actually what we do too, right? Yeah. That's right. So it's just one extra path. So you got started early and you went to a, uh, ALS and you were working probably low level kind of job, like mm -hmm. minimum wage type stuff, probably not minimum wage, but in that range. Yep. How did you get moved from the guaranteed W-2 paycheck with benefits and all that into, uh, I'm going to have to, you know, eat what I kill and, and go out and originate some stuff. Yeah, so I um, worked for, at Aurora Loan Services and then got recruited away to work for a small bank called Community Banks of Colorado. And I was doing some financial analysis and sort of like junior level underwriting uh, for them. And that's where I learned a lot about reading tax returns. I mean, I read tax returns every day for like two years. Um, and so that that was awesome. I hated it at the time. But looking back, I got to see so many different businesses, so many different operational structures it was an awesome awesome period of, of learning in my career um, which i now rely on every single day uh, and i they had relocated me to um, just outside of aspen a small little town called basalt and um, moved up there and i don't know if anybody's ever lived in a, in a mountain town it's very expensive 
very difficult to live. Um, I was young, single. It was not for me. And, uh, you know, I, I worked on that for about six months and it just wasn't for me. And I talked to my boss and said, look, I, this is not for me. I need to move back to Denver. You know, I need to turn in my resignation. And I put my resume on uh, monster.com, if you remember that website. I do. Yeah. And uh, I was young enough that it still had my football accolades on the bottom of my resume said, you know, academic All-American, you know, varsity letter winner, et cetera, et cetera. And I got a call about a week later from a guy at a company called Ace Mortgage Funding. And he said, you know, I only hire uh, three types of people. I hire uh, car finance and insurance guys. I hire former military members and I hire former athletes. And I found your um, I found your resume. And I'm opening up a new branch for Ace Mortgage in Denver, and I would love to have you come apply. And I went and applied, and they had a very good uh, pitch. I did not actually take the the interview very serious because it was a mortgage broker, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that. I didn't even wear a tie to the interview, and I walk in, and these guys are both in suits, ties. I was like, oh man, oh, shit. And and of course I lied. I was like, I just moved back from the mountains yesterday. All my clothes are still packed. I'm so sorry. I had no idea that I needed to wear a tie. And, and I got away with it, which I, anybody that knows me, I hate lying. And I'm, I, it is not my gift. I am not good at it. <laughs> um, so, you know, I managed to get away with that and, and got a job. And that would have been in March. It was March 1st of 2004 that I moved from, you know, base salary to full commission and have been full commission ever since. Wow. So yeah, and you think about, it's interesting, you think about these sales positions and mortgage broker, I would put into that category, insurance mm -hmm. sales is another. Yeah, they just kind of hire everybody. Yep. But it sounds like ACE was very targeted and mm -hmm. probably benefited you because you, because they're so targeted, most of the people that go there are, would be successful, I would think. So yeah. tell me about the first year or so at ACE and what you learn and how did that help you, you know, shape your career? Yeah. So, you know, I, I knew that I didn't know a lot about sales. And the first day there was 30 of us in a conference room. And this was kind of a revolutionary time if you think about it now. But most mortgage companies did not give you your own office. And most mortgage companies did not give you your own computer. So back then there was like shared time on a computer. So maybe there was four computers in the office with 20 employees. And when you came in, you had like your two hour slot to use the computer to input your 1003 or pull credit or whatever you needed to do. And this company, everybody got their own computer and everybody got their own office. And so we're all in the conference room and they said, okay, you know, the next thing we're gonna do is everybody's gonna go pick out your office. And because it was a lot of alphas, athletes, you know, car sales guys, Marines, you know, it was a lot like being on my football team. It was a lot of fun actually, I got along with everybody. But they said, okay, everybody's going to go pick out their own offices, go. And so we all go running out into this huge hallway and you had to run in and like claim your office. And the office that I wanted was right next to the boss because I knew that he was really successful and I wanted to be in the office next door to him so that I could hear what he was saying and I could learn from him. And we all go running out and I make it at that office first and then everybody talked crap to me for weeks they're like what a brown noser we got the office over here where the boss can't hear us and we can goof off and we can this and we can that and i was like maybe i am a brown noser but i'm i'm here to make money 
Um, and so the office next to me um, is a, a gentleman who I'm still very close friends with. I actually went paddleboarding with him today, this morning. He really? still runs a very successful mortgage branch. And then on the opposite side of him is another person who I'm still really close with. And he runs a very successful mortgage branch in Wisconsin. And so the three of us right there have accounted for, God, between the three of us, probably $2 billion of loan volume um, over our careers because we all sat together and learned from one another. And you would make a mistake and, and the other person would help you. You would say something really good on the phone. The other person would come, like, come over and be like giving you a thumbs up. It was a great, great team atmosphere. I loved it. Wow, that's amazing. And we, we do talk about a lot how you become who you surround yourself with. So this is a yeah. perfect example mm -hmm. of that. If this was so amazing, Joe, what made you transition to a new, new company? Uh, 2008. So I was promoted with Ace Mortgage and I had moved to Philadelphia and I had my own office of 30 guys and was doing the same thing. And uh, my boss called me, um, different boss now, you know, the, the boss that I sat next to, he was still in Denver, but now I had a regional or a national level VP who I was answering to. And he called me, uh, <laughs> excuse me, on October 25th, um, 2008. And he said, okay, Joe, um, payday is tomorrow and we don't have enough money to cover payroll. Um, and you are the furthest east office and we have offices all the way to California. And so when you open at nine o'clock tomorrow, we need you to go in and behave like everything is normal because if you start laying people off, it's gonna get out and it's gonna be pandemonium throughout the rest of the branches. And so I had to go in and act like everything was normal until noon and we had a, a scheduled thing. We took every single person in the entire company into the conference room at noon. So nine o'clock in California, you know, time changes and uh, passed out payroll checks and said, okay guys, um, some of these are gonna clear some of these are not. Um, good luck. Please clean out your office. And uh, I was very fortunate. My, my check did clear. And my wife and I um, packed up everything. We did not have any friends in Philadelphia. We'd lived there for about 18 months and um, had done nothing but work. And we packed up and moved back to Denver and had a fresh start. Oh, my gosh, Joe. I did, this, is, this is why I love doing this podcast because it even though I'm interviewing a ton of my friends, I don't know this about you and I'm learning so much about everybody. So you, you were responsible for the, those layoffs. Like you were the one in the room that says you're out of, out of a job. Yep. Yeah. I had 30, 30 LOs and about six support folks. Um, and here's your guys checks. I'm sorry. Some of them are going to clear. We don't have enough money to cover payroll. Um, some of these are going to clear. Some of these are not, um, you know, and then of course, when it came time to pack the truck and move, the only people I had met were all of my employees. They were all mad at me. So nobody was going to help us pack the U-Haul. So my wife and I packed up everything, just the two of us to, to move back to Denver. I'm trying to put myself in that position. And so you were losing your job as well. Yep. But before you lost your job, let's do this one last thing for me. Why don't you just go ahead and fire everybody? Yep. Make just a go bunch fire everybody and then, you know, pass out the paychecks, unplug the server, and then, you know, lock the door to the office and slide the keys back under the office because not only can we not cover payroll, we can't cover the lease at the office space either. So just leave the keys there for the, for the commercial landlord whenever they decide to come in. I think that says a lot about you to even do that. I'm really thinking hard now to put myself in that position and not knowing if my check's going to cash or not. I'm, 
I might have skipped that meeting and went to the bank. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? A good idea. I probably should have done that. Like, you want me to fire everybody and then you're going to fire me? I, why don't you fire them? I'm going to the bank, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was loyal. You know, I had worked with those that team for five years. Um, I learned a ton. You know, the CEO um, there at Ace Mortgage um, became a good friend. Um, the national sales manager became a good friend. I still am in communication with probably 10 to 12 of those guys um from that time and we have more than a thousand employees um but one of the one of my um direct senior managers uh he went on and started a company in florida a mortgage company that's very successful so you know it was a hard time but we really that was a place where we really cut our teeth and we learned how to sell we learned how to do conforming loans we learned how to do subprime loans we learned how to do pay option arms you know so a lot of the the things that uh, caused some of the financial turmoil. We did a lot of those loans, but I'll tell you, a lot of people have guilt and a lot of people say, man, this loan went to foreclosure. That loan went to foreclosure. And I, I did have some loans that went to foreclosure, not my, not like my properties, but loans that I had lent out to people. And I'll tell you something that I learned during that period was every client that I sat down with, I always gave them three choices. Here is a two-year adjustable rate. Here is a five-year adjustable rate. And here is a 30 year fixed. And if the client selected the two year adjustable rate interest only, that was okay with me um, because we were not putting people into bad loans. We were giving them choices. And guess what they would often select is the lowest monthly payment. And I would talk to them about, hey, here's the risks. Here's the benefits of a 30 year fixed. You pick whichever one you like. And um, I think that really taught me a lot about not thinking for the client and let the client present the options, present all the information, give out a lot of good information to the client and let them pick what makes sense for them. Um, don't try and sell the client something, give information and let them choose. Yeah, that's that's good. I was, I was originating loans at that time as well. And I remember the negative amortizations and some of these things that mm -hmm. were, obviously you don't see these anymore, but I did feel bad about that. And, and I don't know that I handled it the same way you did um, sad to think about this the guy that was teaching me the business was not well he was a crook i mean that's all i can yeah. say he ended up in jail oh wow. uh, but he's the one that taught me how to do this and and it there was a time there where i was just doing what he was asking me to do trying to survive right. and then and then i learned like this is this isn't sustainable one it's not it's not um the right thing to do i'm not helping people which is one of my core personal core values. Mm -hmm. um, so I started working with somebody else and that was in 2006. Yeah. So this was way before, but yeah. the, that's you're, you're doing what the boss says, right? You assume the boss is telling you the right thing to do. You're like, Oh, the right. boss says to do this. And, and fortunately I had some really great bosses, you know, and, and Dave, the person that I went paddleboarding with, that's one of the things he taught me was give the client three options and let them pick and, and don't try and point them one direction or another let them make their own choice free will right and and show them a lot of great things about why they should work for work with you um that also would help mitigate hey i've got to talk to a bunch of different lenders you don't have to we offer all the things that a bunch of different lenders offer you can do a b or c or you can do f and g all of these things are right here um and so it was a really good thing to learn and i still implement that today every client i sit down with we look at three four sometimes ten options you know here's Here's a 15 year loan. Here's 5% down. Here's a 30 year loan. Let's spend some time, Mr. and Mrs. Client, 
And that's one thing to go on a little bit of a tangent. I think part of the business has gotten away from that, that a lot of folks just email stuff to the client and say, okay, here you go. Let me know what you think. And the client can get a little bit lost. And I still, a lot of people joke that I'm a dinosaur. I still like to meet with 100% of my clients to sit down and spend one hour because you're about to buy the biggest asset you've ever bought. You're about to get the biggest liability you're ever going to have. Let's spend one hour and look at all the choices, make sure all of your questions are answered and make sure you understand what you're getting into. Yeah, and I, I, I want to, I guess, piggyback on that when, when you and I are working together and you give me these options and I always push back like, okay, what would you do? I want, you're, you're the guy in the trenches. So you tell me what's the best, best option. And then you'll push back. Well, what are you trying to, account? you know, and then we go back and yep. forth. But what I love about working with you is you will tell me the advantages and disadvantages of the options and then help mm-hmm. me make that decision. So it's not like, oh, here's a menu. You do yeah. help guide your clients to some yep. extent. And, and I use the same joke with every client, right? We'll, we'll spend time together. And, and that's a question I get 95% of the time, Joe, which one should I pick? Yeah. And, and I, I always say, you know what? That's the same amount of paperwork for me, whether we do A, B, or C, but you're going to be the one that gets the bill for the next 30 years. So I want to make sure that you're happy every month when that bill shows up. Here's the pros and cons of A. Here's the pros and cons of B. Here's the pros and cons of C. I'm not going to pretend that I should tell you to, you know, how to live your life let's let you select and and let's look at the pros and cons and if they pick one that i'm like hey there might be some negatives i'll point that out you know hey you're about to spend all of your money on a down payment maybe let's do a little bit less down so you've got some moving expenses or renovation costs or whatever Um, so that's something i really enjoy is counseling the client especially maybe if you're a first-time investor or if you're a first-time home buyer you might not know some of those hiccups let's sit down and spend an hour together The Real Estate Educators Podcast is brought to you by Pine Financial Group. Pine Financial Group is a private lender specializing in value-add bridge lending for real estate investors. This is accomplished by raising private money from individual investors and lending that money out in short-term real estate loans. Pine operates one of the coolest public mortgage funds on the market because it brings consistency and security to your investment portfolio without giving up on returns. The fund pays its investors a flat 8% return with monthly distributions. There is a low minimum investment and no lockup period. That's right. You can request all of your money back at any time without any fees. Diversify your portfolio out of Wall Street and into Main Street with the Pine Financial Group Public Fund, PFG Fund 5. Find out more at pinefinancialgroup.com. That's pinefinancialgroup.com. Oh, wait, let's get into the investor side because you that is kind of a niche of yours. You're an investor yourself, so you want to, I want to hear more about what you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've created that really cool spreadsheet to help people like analyze what they're getting into. Um, so let's start with your personal investing. What, do you, what are you guys working on? What are you working on? Yeah, you know what? I have three condos um, right here in the Denver metro area. I've got a fractional ownership of a commercial building in Parker. And I actually got under contract last night on another condo. Um, I'll give you some just quick numbers on it. Um, listed for 220, uh, two bed, two bath in South Denver. Um, I got it under contract for 210,000, 13 days on the market. And estimated rents, I already have one other unit in the complex. Uh, estimated rents are roughly 1800 bucks a month. 
Um, HOA is $360 a month. And when you plug it all in, it works out to about a six to six and a half percent cap rate. And it was on the MLS. Um, and I know a lot of people give me grief. They're so tired of hearing that. Joe, I can't find anything in the MLS. That's all you ever talk about. Um, I logged in yesterday because I was doing some research um, on, a, on a presentation I'm doing. And I just thought, I said, you know, I should look at this complex that I haven't looked at in a while. And here was this property. Wow. I looked at it at 2.15 yesterday afternoon, called my real estate agent. He had the offer sent out by 3.30. It was signed by 6.30 last night. And, and I, I haven't even seen it. I'm actually going to visit it later today. But I, I know the complex. I'm really comfortable. Um, and so it's going to be a 6 6.5% cap rate. And, and I have currently three hours into it. Not even, not even three hours, two hours. Um, so I think that's an important point for me that I like to share with people. Know your numbers, know your deal criteria. A lot of people say, I'm looking for a good deal. That's, that's different for you, Kevin, than it is for me. Um, and then that's different for, you know, all the people that are listening. I was able to make a quick decision on that because I know what I want. I know what I like. I know what's a good deal. I know the area that I'm comfortable with. And I literally just, oh, there it is. I'll just take it off the shelf. Here we go. Um, and it was so far pretty easy. So you, your strategy is different than a lot of other investors in that you create your income originating loans mm -hmm. and then you use that income to invest in real estate. So you're, you're more looking for the turnkey type stuff, not the big value add. You're not doing the fix and flips or the repositioning. You're just want, like you said, take it off the shelf, passive income, appreciation, all the benefits that you get. So a lot of listeners here are trying to make this a career, mm -hmm. but you don't have to make real estate investing a career to be successful. I agree. You know, I think I talk to a lot of people. You don't have to own a hundred homes. Buy one, two, three, four. And, and a lot of people talk to me, Joe, I want to buy 10 properties this year. I want to, you know, use the Burr method. Kevin's going to give me a hard money loan. And I'm going to do this. And I'm like, man, I, I'm right there with you. I want to do it. But 10 properties in a year, that's a lot. Buy one. Just let's start with one. Yeah. We all want to have big goals. Let's just buy one. And then you know what? Next year, let's buy number two. And that's what I've done uh, over the, the years of my investing career is just slow, steady, measured growth. And it works really, really well. And you get to continue to do what you love. Yeah. Real estate investing and managing contractors. That's, that's not for everybody. No, it that's looks good on TV, but yeah. Yeah. And I'm weird that I'm saying this because we make money from fix and flippers. Right. But seriously, if you don't love it, probably do your job that you love and then just invest like you do buy a house a year or something, keep it reasonable and, and just grow your wealth that way. Real estate's the only way I know that's going to guarantee wealth. Like I agree. It will. It just takes time. Yep. I agree. You want to know how to get rich quick in real estate? Just buy property and wait 20 years. Like it's not complicated. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. It's so funny. <laughs> out of all the times we've been hanging out, I've never heard you say that, but that's, that's good. Oh, you never heard that one? Yeah. That's a, no, get rich quick in 20 years. Yep. That's right. <laughs> well, you teach a lot of real estate investors how to be successful. And mm -hmm. obviously you benefit from that because you write the loans for them. Uh, but tell me a little bit about some of the things that you're doing to help other investors with their success. Yeah. So I don't want to pitch too hard. So I hope this is okay, but I have a website loansbyjoemassey.com. And for a number of years, we've taught classes in person. We would have a fix and flip class, how to build an investment portfolio, everything you need to know about loans. And what we learned through the pandemic 
is obviously we had to adjust to doing stuff online and we've gone back to teaching classes in person and it's just not convenient for people. People don't want to necessarily drive across town. People don't have time. And so we've been recording all of our classes and putting them online. Um, and so you can go to the website, you click on the top left corner of the education tab, and you can download the investment property spreadsheet that you mentioned. I actually just released version number seven of that, which has a lot of cool things um, to help you quickly analyze the property in graphical format. So it's, it still shows you all the underlying data, but now it's got graphs that update it. dynamically. Um, and so I also did a 45 minute training on that's all recorded right on the same page on how to use that spreadsheet. Um, then I've got a class I just recorded on how to build a portfolio of 10 rental properties. Um, you're actually featured in that as our featured hard money lender, Kevin. Um, you know, how to build a portfolio of 10 rental properties. And all of that's available um, on loansbyjoemassey.com. So feel free to check that out. It's all free. It's out there. You know, download anything you like, share it on your social media, use it. You know, if you're a real estate agent listening to this, um, share it with your clients, you know, and if you or your clients have questions, call me. Yeah, that spreadsheet, Joe, is phenomenal. I still have to hand that out. I didn't realize there was a new version, so I'll have to get that. But the way that you have like best case scenario, likely worst mm -hmm. case and five years or whatever the timeline is, um, I think it's phenomenal. You've thought literally of everything in Thank that you. spreadsheet. So it's not just a cash on cash return and it's a it's a actual return, um, yep. which skips over a lot of people and is what makes real estate so powerful. So yeah, love the spreadsheet. Thanks for giving that away to the listener. Again, yep. it's loans by Joe. Loans what by Joe What's Massey. Loans by Joe Massey.com. We'll put it in the show notes on YouTube. We'll have it come up at the bottom here. Um, let me ask you this. Real estate's a phenomenal uh, business. Mm -hmm. What has real estate done for you? Oh man. Um, real estate has helped me have a great career, um, a career that I really, really enjoy. I do love seeing first-time buyers being excited about buying their house. I love seeing first-time investors being excited about getting their first investment property. I closed a transaction yesterday for a client I've done seven loans for. They're buying their seventh investment property. They were in and out in like 10 minutes. But you know what? They were so happy. They're like, you know what, Joe? We're just expanding our empire. We're going to make another 700 bucks a month cash flow. We're going to buy two more, and then we'll be ready to retire. So I love that fulfillment of seeing other people achieve their goals. Um, and then additionally, what it's done for me is given me the opportunity to contribute to charitable organizations. I love the Denver Dumb Friends League, love supporting their mission. Um, I love supporting young people. So like a big one for me, whenever I remember being a, a college student or high school student, and you always had to raise money for football, right? You got to do the lift-a-thon or the run-a-thon. And so now I encourage everybody that I talk to, I'm like, if your kids are raising money, have them call me. I'm a guaranteed $100 for anything they need. But there's one caveat. I have to hear the pitch. They got to call and they have, and I always tell them, I'm like, I'm going to donate. Let's get that concern out of the way. But you got to tell me you're raising money for the band or the, you know, Girl Scouts, whatever. I don't care if you're six or you're 16, you got to give me the pitch. Um, so I enjoy helping young people and, and real estate has enabled me to do that, that I can cast a wide net and say, hey, you're a client or you're a friend and your kids are raising money. I remember how hard that was. Tell them to call me. I'm a guaranteed yes, but I got to hear the pitch. Um, and then it allows freedom. You know, that's that's the last thing. I still come to the office every day, nine to five, 
but my real estate investments are my passive income that are helping me get to freedom, um, freedom from a job, freedom from having to come to work, which I enjoy doing. So don't take that the wrong way, but eventually I'm going to want to do something different. And that passive income really is laying the foundation that at a certain point in my life, I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to scale back and I'm only going to come to the office two days a week. Um, and that buying investment properties and, and investing is going to allow me to get there. And you've already built a fantastic team. So, I mean, I'm sure you're working your ass off still because you originate so much, but yeah. you're kind of setting the groundwork to, to take a little bit of a step back if you chose to do that. Um, I'm assuming you'd still work if anybody listening to this podcast wanted to work with you directly, you'd still take that phone call. I assume. Absolutely. Yeah. If it's okay, my phone number is 303-809-7769. That is the only phone number I've got. You call me, we'll talk about loans anytime. All right. Well, before I let you go talking about freedom and what real estate has done for you, you told me about a little trip you and Lon are going on right before we hit record here. Yep. Tell, what, are you, what are you guys doing? So Lon is one of my business partners, good friend. Uh, he and I are going to Argentina. He emailed me like six months ago. He's like, it was a one-liner. Hey, do you want to go to Argentina? I just wrote back, yes. And then like two hours later, I get this whole itinerary. And he's like, well, here's all the things I've researched. We're going to fly on this flight. We're going to go to Bariloche. We're going to go to the Iguazu Waterfalls. On this day, do you want to go to a cowboy ranch and go horseback riding? Or do you want to go whitewater rafting? And so like I picked a handful of things and uh, we've spent, I don't know, several hours talking about it and planning it. And it's been, I'm really excited. We're, we're going in about 45 days. So middle of July, we're going. And uh, I'll have to, maybe you can have me on in six months and I'll tell you about what it was like. I, I will um, for sure. Yeah, I've never been to South America. The furthest South I've been is like uh, Mexico or the Caribbean. Uh, so I'm really excited about it. Okay, so what'd you choose? Horseback riding or whitewater rafting? You know what? I, I picked horseback riding. For those of you, you that did. don't know, I, I was, was raised by a cowboy. My dad was a cowboy. I love riding horses. And, uh, you know, I did tell Lon, he, he wants to go to like a, like a cooking class because he's very much of a foodie and enjoys that. I don't know anything about cooking. And I said, Lon, if you'll indulge me with uh, horseback riding on this day, I will go with you to the cooking class the following day. And he was like, that's a fair deal. So I'm very excited to see Lon ride a horse. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. That's awesome. Lon is amazing. I, I'm dying to see pictures of Lon on a horse. So you got, you got to share those. Oh, absolutely. He's so much fun. I'm really, really excited about it. And he's been a great business partner. And I think that's probably the last thing I want to add. What is real estate done for me is personal connections and given me some of my very closest friends that I would include you among Lon, um, my team, you know, lots of my clients and agents have become really, really good friends that I would not know without real estate. So I, I'm glad you asked me that. And that one just kind of came to my mind. You know, you're not the first one to say that. No, I, I try to ask that question to everybody and, and multiple people have said that to me. So um, I couldn't agree more. It's yeah. sometimes it feels like such a small little community and, and sometimes you feel like you're all alone and and gosh, and the best friends of your life are in this business. That's right. That's right. Cool. Well, is there any last wisdom, advice, anything that you want to share before we sign off here? Uh, you know what? I think the last sort of anecdote that I will give to our real estate investors is, uh, I believe it was a Chinese proverb on when is the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? When is the second best time to plant a tree today? Um, I would translate that to real estate. When is the best time to buy an investment property 20 years ago? 
um, but you can't go back in time. So when is the next best time to buy an investment property? Today. And when is the worst time to buy an investment property? Tomorrow. So people are looking at the market right now and saying there's no deals, there's no this, there's no that. I would encourage you go back and look at some of the transactions from 10 years ago and you're going to say to yourself, man, if I could go back in time, I would buy every piece of real estate that I could. And then I want you to fast forward the clock 10 years from now and think about what you're going to think about 2023. And you know what you're probably going to say, man, if I could, when it's 2033, you're going to say, man, if I could go back to 2023, I would buy every property that I possibly could. I'm not saying over leverage yourself, but think about even in a tough market, it probably still makes sense to buy real estate and hold it for the long term. Oh, that's fantastic advice. I, a real close friend of mine, Sean, is a custom home builder here in Denver, and he he has very similar advice. He says something to the effect of, you know, we've been hearing about this recession and this crash for the last three years, and mm-hmm. and everyone just keeps waiting for it, and they're not buying, waiting for it. And look what it's done the last three years. So yeah. are you are you going to sit on the sideline and continue to wait for something that may or may not happen? We don't know. Or are you going to get in in a good position that you could weather the storm and, and guarantee your success? That's right. Don't over leverage yourself. Don't be foolish. But buying real estate is by and large, nothing's guaranteed, but almost a guaranteed way to make money over the long term. Yeah, I would even go as far as it is. is if you're buying it right and you're in it for the long term, I don't know how you lose it. I agree. It might, if even if we see a 2008 again, which no one agrees with, but even if we do, it will come out eventually, right? So you just need to have a long enough horizon. Yep. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate your friendship, your support, um, the business we do together. I really appreciate you coming on the show. You're one of the first, uh, as you know, we're getting started with this thing. And this is one of the one of the better uh, episodes, I would say. So appreciate everything you you do. Um, And with that, we'll have you on again when you get back from your trip and we're signing off. Thanks, Joe. Thanks so much, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, please be sure to follow and leave us a review. Oh yeah, and tell a friend.